3: We'll say he's got He's got to learn how to defend without fouling. That's his biggest. That's the biggest sure. hole in his game right now. If you want to say there is one. If he if he calmed that down a little bit. Tremendous. But the amount of extra chance points he gives this team, the amount of loose balls that happen. He knocks down threes. He slashes when he needs to. He's just always in the right spots. He's a high IQ basketball player that helps you win basketball games. He does the dirty work. You need somebody to do the dirty work.
4: And, again, it's about someone who gives you effort at a time where there's not a lot of people on this team that are in the mind desperation. space to, to play with that type of desperation. Vince yeah. Williams has been perfect. You're the island. and again, I've been there. I, I've oh, been we've there been for there. quite oh, a while. I mean, there. this was summer league, this, uh, two summer leagues ago. I mean, hell, we, I've seen this for a while from Vince Williams. And, again, which is kind of frustrating because, like, you think behind the scenes, oh, well, maybe they know something about him or a, a weakness that we are not privy to. Then you actually see him play meaningful minutes against decent competition, and he smacks them around. He plays with energy. He knocks down with three balls he's asked to knock down. It's just kind of frustrating to see it took this long when you've been seeing like the, the progression for quite a while.
3: Opportunity met yes. preparation. Yes, it did. There you go.
4: There you go. I agree with you. Now... We're going to talk more of this as well as college football playoff and everything else because Jeff Calkins is scheduled to join on the other side. We'll go ahead and grab this break and then talk to him next. 929 FM ESPN. How
3: sweet it is to be love.
4: Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphis. And also hosts the Jeff Calkins show from nine to eleven right here on ninety two nine FM ESPN. He's on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how was your weekend? Our well, weekend was really good. Thanks for asking. Good to hear. It wasn't good for Florida State. Tell me about that nonsense. What your thoughts are on that nonsense. I can't get over it.
5: Well, I knew it was gonna happen. I was not it <laughs> once the Texas game you. once the Texas and Alabama games went the way they went, anyone who was who who had it any thought that anything other than that was going to happen seemed delusional. So, um, <laughs> like, count me as the delusional. Then, did you really Saturday night thought they weren't like? I, I what, thought.
6: What did you here's, them to here's, do? Here's,
4: Leave
5: here's, Alabama out? No, not leave Alabama out.
4: I thought Texas. Leave Texas out. If you were being reasonable with yourself. I know that you could um, talk about the week two matchup all you want, but I figured, you know, it uh, is interesting to me. They had a, they had a lesser yeah. win in their championship game than than right. um and the Florida State had kind of
5: this year. But so, then,
4: uh, but they had a yeah. lesser win than Florida State had in their championship game, and they jumped them by two spots.
5: I, I, I think that is a I think that is a better argument. Like in other words, this is what I've always <laughs> said: they, they, they are neither. They're not trying to pick the most deserving teams, nor are they trying to pick the best teams. If they were trying to pick the best teams, you know, hell, Georgia might still be in there. Right? Yes. I mean, a hundred percent. I agree Cincinnati, with that. Cincinnati. Cincinnati never would have been in there. Um, a TCU might not have been in there last year, even though they went on to beat Michigan. Like it, it, it's never just been about the best teams. So the extent that they say that they're lying, like that's not what it's been about. Neither is it honestly always about, The most deserving teams. Um, And we saw that very clearly. Florida State is more deserving. Than Alabama or Texas, for yeah. example, because they haven't lost. <laughs> so, like, and they, and, and with all due respect to the group of five, they're not a group of five team that haven't lost. They're, they're a power five team that won its conference championship undefeated. And by the way, scheduled two SEC games against, uh, that were not played at home and they beat them both. Yep. So, th- they, that's, so it's neither the most deserving nor is it the best. It's, what can we do to put together something that looks kind of like the best teams that also satisfies the powerful people, the most powerful <laughs> the people who call TV the shots people. and that, by the way, we can get away with, yep. right? So I, d- I do think that the sec had a huge part of this. Now, the thing is, had Florida state been fully healthy, they would not have done it. In other words, cause they couldn't have gotten away with it, right? Like they couldn't have, they would have had no excuse to do what they did. Um, and so it is all a shifting scale. Very clearly TV matters. Very clearly the SEC matters. Very clearly putting together good matchups matters. Very clearly appearing to look rational to some extent matters. Very, you know. And <clears throat> the entry to Jordan Travis opened the door for this. Now, I would ask you, though, if Michigan had lost its starting quarterback even Saturday night, would they have been left out? Under no circumstances, no. right? They would not have been left out. Um, and, and honestly, had Georgia beaten Alabama and lost its starting quarterback, would they have been left out? No. If Georgia had been undefeated, had beaten Alabama, and in the process Carson Beck had gotten hurt, they still right. would have been picked. I agree. So some of this is just like, what can you get away with? And the truth of the matter is, in the world of, of college football, you can get away with screwing the ACC. You can't get away with screwing the SEC. And it also does help when you know that favored straight up because of the injury. Certainly Alabama would be favored over Florida State. So it's a sliding scale. They do whatever they want to do, whatever they can sort of get away with, looking at all of these factors. And so it didn't didn't surprise me at all that they did – what they did. I, I fully expected like, is that, and honestly, like you could tell, like even before the Michigan game began Saturday, the panel over there at, at Fox, every single one of them said that Florida state would be left out. <coughs> People yeah. know how it works. And um, so, so there you go. And, and the truth of the matter is it's a travesty to begin with. It's a travesty that we have a four game playoff. The whole thing has always been subjective. It was subjective when it was, ap polls and upi polls it was some, certainly subjective when it was a two-team championship game it's subjective now that it's a four-team game and it will be by the way subjective next year when we're arguing about yes like the last at large bid would be 11 who's 11? Uh, <laughs> let to, 11 no, is 11 is ole miss right and there would be an argument right now we'd be arguing today over whether ole miss or oklahoma, oklahoma gets in. Yeah. right that's what would be the argument and that people would be arguing. They'd be going back and forth. They'd be saying, oh, Mr. Yeah, like let's be play honest, play Jeff. Those arguments won't cares. hit the same. Those arguments no, no, that's won't that's hit the thing. same. <laughs> yeah. no, that's, my, that's, that's my point. Some people will say, well, you're just going to be arguing. It's totally different. It's just like when you argue about at-large teams in the NCAA tournament, sure, someone's getting screwed, but nobody cares. Because if you'd taken care of a business during the regular season, yes. you would have been on the bubble. Correct. And so nobody cares about it's those It's like arguments. you're not one of
4: should- the best 68 teams. Get over
5: right. it. Pushing those arguments down to arguing over eleven and twelve is much more honorable and fair uh, than arguing over four and five, which is a disgrace. This is preposterous. On the other hand, I don't know that there was a a clearly right answer, and um, I mean, I, I do think that. They, Texas's benefit Alabama's from beating
4: Alabama at Tuscaloosa just it was never-ending this year. It was never-ending. I think I,
5: particularly given that that was just one game and it was early in the years, I, I never bought this idea. That they have that they, to they, be, they be they in over get, Alabama yeah, if, if they get in. Pick, right. That, that lots of people said this, and very clearly the committee believed this. Yes. Because they're not only in over Alabama, they're ranked ahead of Alabama, that if you pick Alabama, you have to pick Texas. <laughs> I have never believed that. However, I... I do think the fact that Texas just demolished you know, Oklahoma State, uh, again, that was an unfair matchup to begin with, and uh, Oklahoma State is not a good matchup for Texas because they can't throw. Um, Oklahoma State can run the ball, but you can't run the ball against Texas. So I think at, at the, the fact that Texas looked so good winning that game did help their case as well. But here you go I, again. I, I, as, as I wrote in my column today, this has been a the, the idea that you would look to college sports for fairness right, <laughs> um, for people getting what they deserve has always been. Anyone who thinks that you look to college sports for whatever happened to getting what you deserve, I referred people to, and I looked up the stats, like the comparison of the stats between Memphis and SNU, and again picking someone for. I uh, knew to join a power five conference is different than picking someone to participate in the playoffs. But I was even startled Memphis versus SMU and people look at the numbers in the column. Memphis has a, uh, has a better record head up in football. Yeah. Uh, historic has a better record, uh, all time in basketball has a better NCAA tournament record has the better recent NCAA tournament record has the better record over the last 10 years in football, one loss, has the better record, uh, attendance record in the last five years' average attendance in football than SMU, and has the better attendance last year in, for this year at SMU. Like, there's literally no category that I could discern except for willingness to not take any money, and including which one is <laughs> in our research institution, that SMU wins in. Like, literally, there's not a single freaking category. And so, you know, we're saying, whatever happened to winning it on the field? College sports has never been about winning it on the field. College sports is transparently about putting money in pockets, even more than pro sports. Pro sports, yes. In the end, there's a lot of people getting rich off pro sports. But the games at least are decided on the field yep. in a way that very clearly in college football they are not.
4: And it's also a turnoff that the, there's never been an illusion that they're not making money off the players on the field in the NFL, whereas at the college Fair. level,
5: yeah. I mean, there's they've always tried it's to push out. transparent in the NFL. It's really yes. transparent. You yes. know what everybody makes, you know, whatever. And then college, it's, it's all been, let's call them amateurs or whatever. It's yeah. nonsense. Now, having said that, here's the thing. I'm gonna watch the hell out of these playoffs. Oh,
4: of course, no <laughs> like, doubt. They're they're gonna gonna I don't blind. see i hey, I'll say this: I they're don't see. I don't see a blowout. Hey, sure. I can both admit that I think Florida State should have got in, and that Florida State would have gotten blown out
5: in these playoffs. But well, I don't see a blowout out there. You last week, I said, "Who? Which game would you rather watch?" I mean, made this. We had this discussion last week, and, and I think your I, I think your brain can be in two separate spots. It can 100. I, I it, do you have any conviction about which of these teams, four teams? is going to win the damn thing? Uh,
4: no, but I, I it's hard for me to bet against Saban. Let me just say that. It's
5: hard for me to bet against Saban. I think I would pick Alabama. Yep. But honestly, at this point, I can imagine any of those teams winning the championship. And that has never been... I can't recall. I go back and look at the at every... TCU, you weren't buying, ever. Cincinnati, you weren't some buying. Those Notre Dame, some of those Notre Dame teams no, you weren't, you weren't buying. buying. Some like, so I just... Like that, all four. You really feel like all four have a chance. I mean, Texas. You know, they got a quarterback. They got a defense. They like Texas. I could. I could imagine it. I'll be the one if to say I don't know if I see Washington making it know, through. But the problem with that is, is that you've doubted the only problem with that. I agree completely. The only problem with that is that I didn't see them doing what they did this year, and they keep doing it. So at yep. some point, I'm like, okay, well. I guess I could imagine why, like, if I can't imagine why, I couldn't, you know, I didn't think Washington was going to take care of business Friday, but they did. So I would say that's the one that I'm most skeptical about. But, hell, I mean, they even owned the line of scrimmage against Oregon, which they I did. did not expect.
4: That was the difference in the game, too. Yeah. Complete difference in the game is they showed Oregon. They had a little bit of physicality. Um, and I'm sure Oregon was planning on trying to trying to take advantage of that, but they couldn't
5: now. Um, Here's a, hey, let me ask you one question. A couple of hypotheticals. If Georgia had beaten Alabama, right? Yeah. So Georgia's in, Michigan's in, Washington's in. Is Florida State also then in because it, it takes the power out of the Texas win? <laughs> Georgia had beaten – like, in other words,
4: I think that's true. I don't know if that would have been true, though. I mean, if they left them out in this
5: case, they and... – No, but I think that I think that would have made a difference. I think if Georgia had beaten Alabama it 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 knocks out a you don't deal with the situation with Texas that you need to have to So Alabama anyway.
4: won so therefore they had to put Texas in in right. your opinion But because here you don't If they were going to put here, in
5: Alabama Yeah here you you don't have to put you can put in Georgia without putting in Texas and then you have undefeated four undefeated teams I guess so. I think Florida State would have gotten in, even though they don't have a quarterback.
4: I mean, the fact that they got shafted anyway tells me I think they would have got shafted if even if that were to. I don't believe I get, it. I get, I get, I, I get your I think point.
5: So much of this is what are you? What can you get away with? Right?
4: And no one and was so, going to let them get away
5: with Texas and uh, below they, Alabama or Alabama getting right, in. No exactly. Texas. And now here you you're like, well, are they whatever for whatever reason. I think they would have gotten in. Okay, here's another one. If Dion had been the head coach. <laughs> at Florida State, and everything that happened just the way it happened, right? Except for Deion.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
6: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
5: Had been the head coach, would they have left out Florida State?
4: I, I wouldn't. Also no.
5: no, I but don't think so. No, yeah. you couldn't TV, have away with either. TV. You couldn't. A, TV. B, there would have been an outrage because you're screwing, you know, Dion. African American coach, whatever else, like they would, they they they, they couldn't have screwed him. So much of this is not just what would, and in those, both of those circumstances, Florida State, you know, whether it's Georgia beats Alabama and I think Florida State gets in then, or Dion is the coach of Florida State, I think even both of those circumstances, Florida State is the exact same team they are, and still don't have the quarterback. Let's we're stipulating that, and I think they would have gotten in, not because anything changed about how good or bad or whatever they are. Because it's all about what they can get away with. Yep, it's I, just kind of staggering
4: how it works, yep. but it's true. Yep. Now talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins Tigers in uh, the Liberty Bowl. I think I've I, I've I've had the sense that this was going to happen for a while, but rematch of 2017. Um, do you like you like the matchup? Do you, do you do you do you enjoy the thought process of getting to run it back sure. against Iowa State? I mean, I
5: don't care about the matchup. I don't care about the. I don't care about the rematch. I don't think there's any like ah, I gotta pay him back in oh, yeah. 2017 <laughs> or anything like that. I don't. I don't care about that part of it. Um, I think. I mean, Iowa State travels. Um, I think they'll. You know, they're they're a they're a, a a fun group to have visiting, from what I can recall. Yep. And um, and then for Memphis, you know, I, I it, it the, some of the players may be disappointed. But I think it's a great opportunity for the fans. I think it's great for the others on Liberty Bowl. Um, I think there will be more excitement about the game um, because Memphis is involved. Seth obviously announced over the weekend that he's making his return. Yep. So yeah, I, I I'm I think if the players be are upset, happy.
4: the only thing I would say is <laughs> like I, I remember uh, my final year. Uh going to the Liberty Bowl. Um there were other options out there. Somebody had talked about Miami Beach Bowl, and I guess some people right. would be a little bit offended by that. But I didn't see really anything else out there for them that was gonna get them to some tropical area that right. would have been more, you know, so would have been warmer and better. How um, did you
5: feel about staying in town? Uh
4: you know, I would say this. When you first hear the idea you kind of get it cuz like you work all year to like make that trip right. at the end Go of the somewhere. year right. have fun in a different place that you don't see all the time and like you can get a little bored in memphis at times but once the once the actual festivity started i think all of us started to love it because it is it is a clear step up
6: so from anything
4: from any other aac bowl game like the tie-ins the gifts right. the the so you know you what recall, you do
5: like what was fun what what did they do going for down you I mean go,
4: going game, going know? down to the pyramid and uh bowling giving us a uh what was it a two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollar uh, uh, shopping spree in there we had our two we had a gift suite we had another gift suite for the American Athletic conference championship game we just had a bunch going on and then having it in town it was easier for families to get there so that that became another a positive ultimately. But at first, I'll say this. I, I can definitely admit that at first, I think some guys were frustrated with the fact that we were going to stay in Memphis. I I, admittedly.
5: But then as it played out...
4: As it played out, you saw the level of bowl it was it compared was to what you had been with,
5: to, to the Birmingham and Boca Do you remember Raton. Do anything, anything, you remember a particular gift you got that was good?
4: Uh, I, I think I got a smoker. Like a like a little grill. <laughs> really? So there's that. Do you yeah. still have it? Uh, no, it's uh, my buddy. Yeah. My buddy borrowed it, and I have not seen it. I probably yeah. need to, You're reminding me. That. You're you're reminding me that I probably yeah. need to reach out to him and call him. So,
5: yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I hope they take care of him because uh, no, I think I think it'll be fun.
4: Yes, but I, I'll say this: the Liberty Bowl, without question, is a clear step up in bull for most of the AAC tie-ins, and I think that's what we saw on the back end. If I'm sort of enlightening people, on you
5: that. saw it in the way that. That it was right. it was player. it was
4: more yeah. professional. It was just everything about it felt bigger than than the bulls I had been to before that. Well, maybe the Miami Beach Bull because was the first one we had been to in a while, right. And we got people. I mean we we landed on the the plane and there was no less than two hundred and fifty people outside of Wilson Air outside of the the fences. So that felt bigger because right. it was the first one in a while. But the Liberty Bowl definitely felt like the biggest bull I was a part of. Oh, I was at the <laughs> University of Memphis. Um, now uh, Willie Fritz off to Houston. Uh, if we think the expectations of nine and three and it not being received well are, are, are a little too high, um, they're only going to get higher for for Ryan in this program. Willie Fritz out at Tulane, going to Houston. Yep. SMU off to the ACC. Yeah, the ACC. I mean, there's the the expectations no, sure are going to be win, be win, win, win or win, win or bust.
5: Or, 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 yeah, right. Exactly right. Win or bust. Um, and I think that's okay. I think it's fair. we got a four, you got a four-year quarterback. Yeah, there's, there's SMU's gone. Uh, UTSA's l- losing a million people. Uh, and Tulane loses its head coach. Go ahead and win the damn thing. I think that's right. Yep.
4: Now, uh, final thing, Tiger basketball losing Ole Miss. I'm not going to draw conclusions, but I've seen, I've seen the thought out there about, mm-hmm. uh, Penny just being like thoroughly out-coached. Like, did you, did you view it through that lens? He made some mistakes, but, sure, but did you... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say,
5: and I don't know about thoroughly coach, but I would say this. Um, I think he has the better talent and the better roster. Uh, he had an 11-point lead in the second half, and they lost. And so when Penny said, and and they lost without their best player getting any shots in the last five minutes. Yep. So, um, that strikes me that when Penny says that that loss is on him, I'll at least... Uh, I go along with that, at least at some part, in, to, to some extent. Not exclusively. Like, some of it, you just look at the three-point shooting. I'll tell that tells you who wins, right? Yes. But they have an 11-point lead in the second half, and their best player doesn't get a shot in the last five minutes. I think some of that is – I mean, here's the truth. It felt like, to me, that Ole Miss got better shots down the stretch and the people shooting them that they wanted to have shooting them than Memphis. Yeah. Right? And so, isn't that at least in part coaching? So I wouldn't say thoroughly outcoached or whatever else, but it's not like this loss was at least in part on Penny, sure.
4: Yeah, but I, I think th- I mean they have an opportunity to make up for it. But uh, plenty, th- plenty this of is, opportunities. This is uh, I, I brought this up too, like seeing they were in what 108. They had 108 votes for the AP Top 25 last week, and it's down to five from losing this whole this game. Do you think Ole Miss is really viewed that badly around the country, or do you think this is sort of – does Memphis get docked harder for any loss they take than a lot of people around the country? Like, that, that's – it sort of strikes me that that may be the case based on people wanting to believe what they already have in their head, the narratives they have about Penny and this Memphis team and this program.
5: I think there is a story about Memphis basketball that even predates Penny. It goes back to Josh Pastner, that it is a team that uh, whatever talent they have, uh, you 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 believe it when you see it because they they right. always let you down. They're, I think that's the way people broadly, to the extent that anyone thinks about Memphis basketball outside of Memphis, I think that is uh, to some extent how it is thought about. And so what happens is is that that voters and people are slower. To raise the team up because they want to see it first, right? Right. And so then when they dock them, they're already sort of artificially low. They haven't given them credit for what they've done, you know. Right. As opposed to Duke, for example, Duke has been off to a woeful start here, and um, but they, they they start out with such high expectations, and every win they get, people will elevate them. Whereas Memphis, Memphis can do what it did um, in finishing runner up in the Bahamas. And they don't really give that much credit to them. But they lose Ole Miss two games in a row, and they've lost two games in a row here. um, And so it's like, eh, well, okay, we'll dock them. Um, I I do think that's true. I I don't, and I don't think that's me being paranoid to say that there is this narrative out there about Memphis. Um, Of course, it's up to you know, it's up to them to change it. And and there are opportunities ahead. And I think the most worrisome thing about the loss wasn't the loss itself, which is not a bad loss. It's not going to look like a bad loss. Um, but it, it, if it highlighted some things about this team that suggests that when they play Texas A&M or when they play Virginia or like down the road, are they going to get the wins they need? Because yeah. right now you had a team with that had more turnovers than, than assists, a team that didn't have the right players taking the shots at the end, and that's not going to work going forward happily under penny they have typically gotten better as the season goes along and so you're going to need to see some of that
4: yep for sure well jeff i appreciate it we'll do it again tomorrow see you. Bye. yes sir that's jeff calkins at jeff underscore calkins on x you can follow all of his radio work 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 fm espn with the jeff calkins show and all of his uh work as a columnist of the daily memphian at dailymemphian.com Now, Oxbow is a family-owned and operated retail store that's been making waves in Memphis for over a decade. They have your best brands if you're a man out there. Get in to Oxbow, 964 June Road, off Poplar, on June Road, behind the Amico Station. Those brands, you got: got Free Freefly, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzen and Maine. Everything you get in there is going to be branded. It's solid. It's, it, it, it'll fit you the right way. Uh, and they have a friendly staff in there at that two-story storefront on 964 June Road. But they also have, as we get into the holidays, a lot of holiday gifts there. I mean, you could get coolers, koozies, uh, cups, Um, They have vintage vinyl for music lovers. They have sports memorabilia for the diehard fans. If you're trying to get something for your husband and he has a man cave, you're trying to get something for a buddy, get some of that sports memorabilia. But they also have the hunting and outdoor essentials that you'll love as well. The game day gear, I always mention it. They have Alabama, uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, Memphis. Get in there. Enjoy that. Grizzlies gear. Anything that you need as a sports fan, they have at 964 June Road. And as we get into the holidays, yet again, I try to give you a gift if you go to the online store, shopoxpo.com. And when you go to check out, use my promo code, The Show. All caps, no spaces, The Gabe Show at shopoxpo.com. And you'll get 20% off your order at shopoxpo.com. But shop local, shopoxpo. Time to take a trip around the National Football League next, right here on The Gabe Coon Show, 929 FM ESPN.
0: Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
4: Rolling to the Game Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. It's time to take a trip around the National Football League, brought to you by Longshot. The
0: Kansas City Chiefs.
4: Are are, are we allowed to talk about the Chiefs and uh, and where they're at right now? Are we allowed to talk about them being relatively mediocre compared to what their standards are? They're 8-4. They just lost the Packers last night on Sunday Night Football, 27-19. I know they were at uh, Lambeau. It's hard to play there, yada, yada, yada. But... I think they've been doing this all year. They're, they're just sort of getting by. They don't have enough wide receiver talent. Uh, they they don't run the ball as much as they should. Andy Reid is dealing with a emptier cupboard than he ever has. Travis Kelsey having a great year. Still scary good. I think he's shown some signs of slowing down game to game because he doesn't have anyone else to take the onus off of him, to take the attention off of him, and he's well into his 30s. This team has been run by defense this year. This is a defensive football team. The Kansas City Chiefs are a defensive football team. That's not how they're meant to run, though. It's uncomfortable. Like, I think everyone sees that at this point. And for a defensive football team to be successful, you have to avoid injuries. You have to have a lot of luck along the way. And you have to hope that people on the other side watch your film, especially if you're Steve Spagnuolo and you light people up all the time and you you, you blitz all the time and you run these different – you have to hope the people on the other side that are game planning for you don't know what they're looking at, and that you can stay a step ahead of them. But I look at this team, who's a defensive football team. Like I said last week, they gave up 248 yards, no no picks to uh, Aiden O'Connell in a closer than 31 and 17 game. It was it was 24 to 17 for a majority of the late game situation, but they ended up beating the Raiders 31-17. And it gets the Packers last night. Jordan Love, 25-36, 267, three TDs. This team has been getting by because of how good their defense has been quietly. And that time is running out. They're going to have to make some adjustments. I expect the Chiefs to be able to make adjustments, look good come the playoffs. But we have to stop ignoring their shortcomings because they are very obvious. They're painfully obvious at this point.
0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
4: Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is about one guy and one guy only. I, I know how hard it is to be a first ballot Hall of Famer at the wide receiver position. We had a, we have holdovers for years and years. and years. How long did it take Isaac to get in, Isaac Bruce? It's ridiculous. But Mike Evans, what he accomplished yesterday? He's been in the league for 10 years. He has 10 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Yes, 10 years. 10,000-yard receiving seasons. If you're asking the question that I think you're asking, yes, he's the only one that's ever done that. I don't know when he gets into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if it's first ballot or second ballot or way down ballot or if he'll have to get approved later when he doesn't get in because of the log jam we have at wide receiver. But without question, this is a Hall of Famer. And he has not gotten enough credit in his career for how good he's been. I, I feel like that, and I, I, I think it's a shame that we haven't done that. Now, he played for, you know, the Bucks when they were bad. He only had the one Super Bowl with, uh, with Tom Brady, but he finally got it. Um, so I think he needs more credit. He needs more credit than he deserves, or more credit than he gets. He deserves more credit than he gets. The Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers have been officially eliminated from playoff contention. Um, they're the first team that has uh, allowed that to happen to them. I know no one's surprised by me saying that, but, I mean, they are 1-11. <laughs> it Like is pretty bad, historically bad, um, but they lost to the Bucks 21-18. to 18. They just can't seem to win a game. There's some poor guy, and maybe not so poor guy. He may be rich, but, I mean, poor guy for the situation he has to take over. There is a poor guy that's going to have to take that job over with no first-round pick next year, with no second-round pick the year after that. So, Godspeed to him. <laughs> God, I really am hoping for Bryce Young that he can get somebody in his corner in the future that looks out for him in a meaningful way and that can get him out of this nasty situation he's in in Carolina. But that is an awful, awful, miserable football team that is tanking, that is that bad, and still won't even have their pick because they traded it away last year to the Chicago Bears. The Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Eagles, we can admit, yesterday was not their their finest finest moment. It just I mean, if you saw the final score of the game, you saw that at home they got beat 42 to 19 by the San Francisco 49ers. And I think Brock Purdy took a step in the uh, the good direction of potentially being an MVP of this this league even though I can't stand that. I just i I think there's other things on that team that lets him allows him to be as successful as he is, and we've already seen a a moment where he didn't have some of those things and he was bad. He turned the ball over, but whatever. I'll I'll lose hope later if Brock Purdy ultimately wins it. Um, But the Eagles were awful defensively yesterday and got just ran over. Um, Christian McCaffrey had 93 yards. Uh, we, We know that Debo caught some screens and just went wherever the hell he wanted. He had four catches for 116 yards, two TDs. He ran the ball for another TD, so he had three total. They just got ran over on the defensive side. What they have done, though, today, hopefully can help them going down the stretch of the season. They signed Shaq Leonard. They signed... The, the player formerly known as Darius Leonard. He was a uh, two-time leading tackler in the NFL. He's been an all-pro. He's been a pro bowler. He had two surgeries and two injuries last year that have slowed him down. The Colts wanted to move on from him. But he can play inside linebacker for the Eagles coming up here soon. He passed through his physical so they don't see a bunch of uh, serious issues with him. I wonder if this will help them. I really do wonder because they need some linebacker help and they need some physicality. They definitely need some physicality at the point of attack on the defensive side of the ball.
0: The Jacksonville Jaguars.
4: Um, now, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Did you know that tonight is the first time that they have played on Monday Night Football? On Monday Night...
6: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward.
4: this is their first time since they lost 38-14 to, to the Chargers in 2011. It was the NFL's longest longest current active drought without a Monday Night Football game. So the last time, this is per Adam Schefter, so I'm just going gonna, gonna to go off of what he has to say. Last Monday Night Football appearance in 2011, Mel Tucker was the Jaguars head coach. The Jaguars quarterback, starting quarterback, quarterback of the future was Blaine Gabbert. And Trevor Lawrence was 12 years old. So Trevor Lawrence has brought this franchise into a pretty good spot in a pretty short amount of time. That's what that tells me. But that is kind of ridiculous. Monday night football that long of a drought's naughty. Don't let that
1: happen.
3: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's not like they've that's been nuts. dreadful every year since 20 like you know they've had They years. went to a damn AFC championship. Yeah, that's why I don't <laughs> understand. There, <laughs> yeah. There's been much worse teams. <laughs> yes. But I even when they went to the AFC championship they were not a fun team
4: to watch. You know what I mean? Like, this this Jaguars team finally has passed the test of, like, I want to go watch this football team. Besides, like, leading up to t- 2010 when David Garrard was a quarterback, he was solid. Then that's, that's a that's a deep cut. Um, but Trevor Lawrence finally has this team passing the eye test of, oh, they play some offense. They're kind of – they can get up and down the, the field. They have good wide receiver talent, a really good running back. Yeah, Defense may be weapon. struggling. But, like, when they made the AFC championship game, that was – Strictly defense. Strictly. Blake Bortles was a quarterback, for God's sakes. So this is the first team that the the Jaguars have had that is truly, and I mean really and truly, primetime material. And they finally got back on. It, It is amazing, though, that you can have that type of damn drought from being on Monday Night Football. Uh, But as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Um, If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You can get your winnings paid fast with live betting. You'll get updated odds on games that have already started. Uh, Same-game parlays give you a chance for a better payout. Um, And they have spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduelcom slash Gabe K, that's my promo code, G-A-B-E-K, again, G-A-B-E-K, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and 92.9 ESPN. You must be 21-plus and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only, $5 pregame money line wager required, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9788. Nine Small Talk's on the way. Stick around right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 929 FM ESPN.
0: Here on 929, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 929's Gabe Coon Show.
4: And Small Talk is brought to you by Conway Services Reputable Service available seven days a week. Um, we do have the Heisman finalist just being announced. So there's that. Let's get let's get to that breaking news real quick. We have Jaden Daniels who accounted for 50 total touchdowns and four thousand nine hundred and forty six total yards. He should win. That's my opinion. And then everybody else, Marvin Harrison Jr. Twelve thousand or 1,200 yards, 14 receiving TDs. Bo Nix, 40 passing TDs, 4,100. I think his performance in the Pac-12 championship game, though, should sort of eliminate him from this conversation. He could probably be second or third. But then Michael Penix Jr., 33 passing TDs, 4,200 yards. Um, I'm not sure I can handle Florida State getting snubbed and Jaden Daniels losing the Heisman in the same year. I think that's where I'm at at this point. Well, the group that you just listed off, it's a no brainer. It's I, just, it's a no brainer. You should not give it to a wide receiver on a team that won't be in the college football playoff. Who, by the way, the, the guys that play under Jaden Daniels have better stats
3: than Marvin Harrison. Do they really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe
4: not receiving TDs, but Malik Nabors, it's like 1,400 yards receiving to the 1,200 that Marvin Harrison Jr. has, right around 14 uh, TDs, I'd imagine. So I, I, this is a no brainer to me. And I, I figured if Bo Nix won the Pac-12 championship, stayed away from turnovers, had a good stat line, I figured, okay, maybe Bo Nix could be the dark horse here. But being that he lost, there should be no remote debate here. Shouldn't even be close. And I think in, in what order, you'd ask, I'd say Jaden, Bo, Michael Penix, then Marvin Harrison Jr. That should be the order. But we'll see how it all plays itself out. Now, over the weekend, we had something play out in the Lakers-Rockets uh, Rockets game. We had LeBron James and Ime Yudoka going at it. I don't know. Did you see did you see the transcript of that whole thing? How it all how it all unfolded? Oh, I did, yes. Oh, I love it. Because the Lakers, let's be honest, they complain a lot about calls they get or they don't get. That's what they do. It's LeBron, it's AD, it's Austin Reeves. It just go down the list. They all complain. And I think there's a lot of basketball players just outside of the Lakers They complain, but the Lakers get annoying with that type of thing because they get a lot of calls. Um Ime Yudoka turns to LeBron and says stop complaining like little bees and then lebron got just lost it i mean just got angry as hell didn't they all, i think they both ended up getting they both ejected they got a tech yeah they got a tech or ejected i think by the end i, I thought that I they i don't think
3: lebron got it no see because the theory is is that lebron knew he had a tech and egged and him tried on. to get yes. eBay.
4: okay but then they started going back at it and lebron says you know don't use that b word lightly don't use that b word lightly um Went after him. They both got a tech. I think Emei did get ejected. He did get ejected, He yes. did get ejected. Yeah. LeBron stayed in the game with the technical foul. Um, but I guess they have beef now? Like, we, we have some real beef between Ime Udoka, and LeBron. It, it does kind of – it's kind of fitting because Emei – I mean, LeBron can't really beef with players on the floor. He's way too old. Like, he's <laughs> just – like, most of the guys he's matched up with are, like, in their 20s still, and he's, yeah. like, coaching age. So, it, it's kind of fitting that he's beefing with a coach, yeah. quite frankly. And I do think – Part of this, I give e a lot of credit because I do get annoyed with the Lakers and the amount of complaining they do on behalf of
3: trying to get calls when they get more calls seemingly when you play a game with them than anyone. Sure. I loved it. I, I, think, it, I think it was a really fun moment. You know, it's the two guys standing on business and chirping at each other. And I, I can't lie. I think part of it might be, you know, LeBron terrorize Emay too when they would play. Oh, him. <laughs> do yeah. we have numbers that? Oh, we on have that? numbers. Oh, please tell me the LeBron numbers. LeBron averaged 32-9-6 and against e See, that takes it beyond just game like, the business. That, that takes it beyond. <laughs> His He's, best game was 34, 16, and 10.
4: That takes it beyond like just like uh, you know, I'm gonna beat this guy up.
3: That he there was something personal to it. Let's there. see what Eme averaged. That's personal. Eme averaged four point five, two oh, and a half, and point six oh. assists.
4: Oh God. <sighs> hey. Based on those stats, Eme should never say words. To <laughs> but I, mean,
3: you know, I liked that's the not moment. It I liked it. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Eme.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got him playing better, and yeah, so do the, he the, does. the vets that they have. Uh, but we have one hour left in the show. We need to go ahead and get to it. We'll bring you the uh, blitz around six thirty. Rewind at six fifty. Coming up next, we have to get all the answers. How did this Memphis Iowa State AutoZone Liberty Bowl get figured out? We have a guy with the answers. Harold Grader, the associate executive director. He's next.